to Chat Your Own with Candy and Noodle, the monthly chat show podcast about all things now, then, and tomorrow. It's a little politics, a little art and science, and a whole lot of feminism. Liberal as fuck. Welcome back to Charles Rowan. I'm Candy here with Noodle. Hey, I'm Noodle. How you doing, Noodle? Oh. Uh. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I have sound effects. I uh, I am tired. We are on day 400 of the heat wave, though I will say that we finally like broke through, I think, a little bit. So I went outside briefly this weekend. So that's Enjoyed good. Enjoyed nature? Yes. Yeah, well, I tried to enjoy nature the inside sounds followed me outside and I wasn't happy about that. Um, but I think, I think going outside has improved my time. Um, question, follow up. Um, your inside sounds followed you outside by this. Do you mean like the sounds in your head? (laughs) No, but yes, those never stop. No, we went to the playground and there was a vendor there and you know what? They sell the crap. They sell like the toys and the food. Like, I don't care. Sell whatever you got, make your own living. That's totally fine. But the guy was playing, um, children's music. He was playing Coco melon, which is very annoying, uh, super loudly. And he was playing it, um, on a, free pandora so we would get commercials as well did i mention the volume that he was playing it at like it was so loud that i thought to myself i could pay this guy 200 dollars to just turn the music off i would have made his day right he would hit all of his like here's the amount of money that that he has to make that day for selling the crap to make this stop (laughs) <laughs> and and i really like did some math on it i was like i'm gonna be here for like an hour is it is this worth 200 dollars for an hour and i got really close to yes um and then he then he stopped but instead he played animal roaring sounds for the next like half hour like there was a lion and an elephant and a bear like all of which are fine but not after the coco melon commercials <laughs> so those inside sounds that I have to listen to when I'm entertaining. I get it. The t- it's like Jig just came to the park. <laughs> Son of a bitch. And all of the parents who had like finally got to leave the house for the first like break in the heat wave were like, we're gonna kill him, right? Yeah. Everybody, there was a lot of like heavy upset eye contact. And I wanted to just like yell at this guy, like read the room. Nobody was buying anything. You could not have given that guy money if you wanted to. It was it was terrible. It was terrible. But like, you know. But like you got did. outside. But we were outside and there were ducks. And that was the other thing. We're at the playground. We're at the park. There's animals. Why are you playing like aggressive lion sounds at the gophers? The gophers don't want to hear that. The gophers just want to dig their little holes, pop their heads up, and like have kids throw peanuts at them. I bet the gophers had a horrible day that yes. day. I wonder if there were like fewer gopher sightings. Mm, I bet. I would say I bet go back like... for science, but it sounds like you never want to do that again. Yeah, no, uh-uh, I was real mad. Um, speaking of things that are not our favorite, uh, usually... Is that what you introduced me? I am. I'm going to introduce you right now. Um, oh, no. Yeah, but that, that's not where I'm going with it. Uh, usually, we are talking with our favorite super fun guy, Josh Brunel, about things that are problematic, but this time, we're talking about things that are not problematic. Um, for the record, that would have been a real nice intro, and you ruined it. <laughs> so, we're saying Josh is problematic 
I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see how we'll see how things go. Uh, we'll see how, he how are you doing? So good, you guys. So great. So good. Um, I I know it's not. I know that like everyone's struggling, and it's not a competition. But in the last month and a half, the things have turned personal. Like the universe has turned personal on my wife and I. Um, it's <laughs> gone funny. from like things are like the world is on fire to like, I'm assuming I was a Nazi in a past life and like <laughs> karma's just descended finally. Just time for that luck to reach So him. we don't need to get into the details for the anonymous public audience, but you guys know what I'm talking about. <laughs> things are, <laughs> the last six weeks have been a little real. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so we are doing really good. We need this um, injection of stuff that does not suck by Absolutely. design. <laughs> I'm, our, I'm working on an anime. So I work, I work, we do feature animation at my job. And we've been working on this musical for a couple of years, which is written by Alan Menken. And they were like, Josh, what do you think of the new songs? And I said, I liked the old songs. And they said, why? And I was like, the old songs were sadder. Because <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 it's, it's an animated movie about a princess, but it's actually about divorce and generational trauma. And so I was As like, they all are right now. <laughs> right? right. I was like, so I think I liked the old songs because they were sadder. And then everybody's like, gosh, Josh, you're so emo. And I'm like, no, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> I want to so, put an emo wig on you right now. Does, does your opinion on things like, the overall emotional tone of the songs does that impact anything or no, no but just... they ask no but if you ask me a question like right. i have an opinion now um you know like I, maybe in a different setting but like when the music is written by the guy that wrote like little shop of horrors and aladdin like i don't like he kind of wins mm. uh, <laughs> but yes Fair. uh i'm not in agreement to that <laughs> uh well, we are, you know, we're going to see, like, I love how we all kind of like people are bringing up stuff that's really on theme. Um, we're going to see how everyone did with this assignment because I, I don't know, personally, I'm super crabby, like today specifically. Um, <laughs> so we'll see how it goes. Um, I am going to throw it to Josh, who is going to surprise us with a pop question in place of the usual secret question. Go, Josh. Okay. Um, secret question is uh, nipples on a man. Why? I'm hoping they learn to lactate. <laughs> Share the help. burden, folks. <laughs> well, first of all, who knows? One day we might need that. We're just hedging um, our bets for the future. Exactly. Double, <laughs> baby. Yeah. Um, and I think the actual answer isn't the actual answer that all. Like you start with the possibility of all female and then it moves into changing. I think I know the scientific answer to that, but I don't want to do it without research. Um, I do this think there's the a female development the reason. The nipples come before the, the, the mams, the, ma the mammaries. <laughs> I think the nipples come first, right? <laughs> yeah. That's part of the baser uh, development. I think that was excellent. That was That's unexpected. That's good science. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Just science. That was good science. Yeah. Did we say As something Joel, about biology last time? Look at that. There you go. <laughs> Just I'm bringing doing it. depth to the podcast. 
boom, biology, <laughs> mostly actual answers to, to questions. Um, now we're going to go from that, everyone have that in their minds, to what you're reading, Noodle. Let's see how these go together. I mean, I'm not reading any books about nipples. Not about nipples? Um, unfortunate. <laughs> it feels unfortunate. Um, so, <laughs> because we're talking about how everything is terrible. Um, I finally recently started going back to therapy after really probably being in deep need of it. Uh, you know, I've been in therapy on and off throughout most of my life in the last you know, 10 years, I've been fine. Um, and you know, we got two and a half years through the pandemic and suddenly like, I am not fine. Hey guys, like I am, I am, I am not fine. Um, so I went back to therapy and my therapist was like, you've got, you know, this. And I was like, yeah, that's not it. And she's like, well, what if you've got this? And I was like, yeah, that's not it. And she's like, you've got PTSD. And I was like, that's it. That's the one. So, um, as a result, because of who I am as a person, I am now reading all the trauma and PTSD books, uh, because I really like, I'm going to lean into learning about whatever the thing is, or because I'm obsessive, whatever. I mean, that's fine. Um, so I uh, have read the seminal trauma book, The Body Keeps the Score by Bessel van der Kolk, um, which is like the blue one with the black shape of the body waving around. And it's, it, it's like the trauma book. And so I thought to myself, well, let's start with the best one, right? The most impressive, whatever. And oh my God, it's so terrible. Uh, Bessel is arrogant and I all the time and basically like goes around inserting himself in other people's projects and like taking them over. And it's like, so my friend female name was doing some research. So I thought I'd go help her. Was that like over and over again throughout <laughs> the book? And I'm like, Oh, I hate you. Um, so that was disappointing, but it was also like very sciencey and talked about a lot of different types of therapy, which I thought was interesting. A lot of like physicality, a lot of like how your different brain parts respond to stressors and so on. So there was good science in there. I just really did not like the author. I found him to be deeply arrogant and annoying. Mm. Which did not help my PTSD. I like assume that. not. Right. Made me even more angry. And I talked to my therapist about it and she was like, Yeah, yeah, no, I hear that a lot. I was like, hmm, maybe I hear that a lot. Stop telling people to read this book, <laughs> lady. Right? But like in her defense, it is the seminal book on trauma. <laughs> um, but I did get it from my buying nothing group, so I didn't pay any money to be annoyed. So, so there's an upside. That yeah, right. sounds problematic. Yep. Oh, no, this book is very problematic. <laughs> yes, but the non-buying group is yes. probably more, maybe not entirely. I don't know who those people are. <laughs> hit and miss. Hit and miss. I enjoy them very much. Yeah. So that is what I am reading, Noodle. And I've only got the one because uh, I could only manage one book at a time currently. <laughs> Normally, good. it's like two and a half. And right now, it's not good. Like I mean, you're, man I have you're, one. you're reading. Yeah. You have not stopped reading. No. Um, I, uh, I, I still think you could, we, we should read something lighter. Well, you read the rad mag, mm -hmm. some lightness, not all of it. Some of it's kind of sad. <laughs> some of it's a little, <laughs> a little bit gruesome. There are gruesome bits. There's, um, there's some feelings. I mean, yeah. This, this episode had, uh, this issue of the rad mag had all sorts of like magic in it. Cast your spells. Like magic. Punish it the did. wrongdoers, which energy. I thought was very um, good. 
I started reading that book, that missing witches book that you gave me and I'm Excellent. loving it. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I definitely loved the opening. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh, how do you feel about books, this book, any book related book related commentary? Things. What are you um, currently booking, Josh? Well, because, because I always have to be on brand. I was on the Reddits on the horror lit reddits um, at the beginning of this year. And someone had assembled the master list of every few months, somebody goes on horror lit reddit and they say, what's the most disturbing book you've ever read? And somebody assembled the master list. And I was like, you know, it'd be great for my mental health. Start at the top, work our way down. So I've been working my way through the most disturbing books I could find. And then I read Under the Banner of Heaven um, a couple weeks ago. And after finishing that book, I was like, I need to dive bomb into some silliness, just some like soul, soul, uh, filling goodness. And so I started rereading Fletch books, uh, because that I just needed the break. (laughs) So yes, I, I, uh, got through, I got through a couple Fletch books. And then I think next on the disturbing reading list is, Oh, I don't know. Probably one of the Bangkok tattoo books might be up next. So I'm going to try to like postpone that for a minute. I don't think this is that disturbing. Well, it was on the, oh, maybe that's not the one on the list. I don't uh, think there's Bangkok eight Bangkok tattoo. And then mm-hmm. a third one, Bangkok ghost, maybe. Yeah. Oh. I have it right here. And oh, uh, Bangkok haunts. And then there's a new one. Close. I was very The close. Godfather of Kathmandu. Hmm. I have that one. No, I have no idea what these books are, but they sound awesome. Oh, My Heart is a Chainsaw. I think that one's next. That's uh, Stephen. Well, that sounds familiar. Yeah, that's been going around. Hmm. Yeah, Hmm. good stuff. Cheery. Um, Is that show, is that book that you said you just finished, is that now a show on Hulu that has to do something with, is it Mormons? Oh, Under the Banner of Heaven. Yeah, so it's a true crime book that John Krakauer wrote in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually not, it's, it's so it's, it's, it's a pile of all my favorite things. Um, it is a book about the history of Mormonism from its inception to up through the nineties, uh, told simultaneously with a true crime, which is based these two guys who essentially, uh, uh, killed a lady and her daughter, um, but did it with like, from kind of like from the same tree from which Mormonism sprung. And it's really about fanaticism and, and uh, young religion. And it's, it's, it's all my favorite things to get real sad about. Um, I find it all fascinating. I recognized it because Jess who has read the book and was really into it is now watching the show. Uh, That's the only reason I knew what it was. So that, and that's not a surprise. So the show is like a dramatized version. Like the show is actually if you read the book, there's like a 15 page forward and that's the show. <laughs> and then, I'm, not, I'm not making that up because the, the show is about them solving the murder. And in the book, he solves the murder in the first 15 pages. And then the rest of it is about like the motivations for the murder. Uh, so that's kind of it's kind of funny that they turned it upside down. But the show's actually really good if you like that type of uh, uh, I called it my favorite season of True Detective. Oh, that's, that's, I, that's right. Right. And I love Andrew Garfield. Like he's just a chaos gremlin. Like Andrew Garfield is just like never what you want him to be, but always more than you deserve. I find him very charming as a person. He is, he's, he is charming. I especially like him on the Graham Norton show. <laughs> oh. 
I don't watch the Graham Norton show, but once we get into unproblematic babes, I'm going to tangentially reference TikTok, which is very problematic. But TikTok has decided I love the Graham Norton show. And so I get a million clips from that show. And I have seen him on there. And because he's fantastic. Of course, there's clips of him on. Everybody's fantastic on the Graham Norton show. It like pulls out the best part of you. He's a very, very good host. There was that one time that Mark Wahlberg was like, falling down drunk on not falling down but like obnoxious drunk on the show but even that was like you would expect nothing less it was so uncomfortable he came back and it it was very good very nice did he apologize for being wildly drunk he he apologized um and everybody you know took it as you know they they stop at this show in the middle of a press tour you know and he had (laughs) come from a party that was what he brought with him so he was like sorry guys and he's been very very gentlemanly i guess about nice nice on the show ever since um wait hold on i have before we transition i want to say one thing about john krakow Krakow. Mm-hmm. Krakow I, yes. I went. I was like, "Why does that name so familiar?" And it's the guy who wrote "Into the Woods." Yes. Or in not into, into the, the wild. Into the, into the wild. Right. Also, a deeply disturbing book. Yes, very disturbing. Yes, and into thin air. Also deeply. Yes, which has the same cover for some yeah. reason. I don't know that. Um, it's a you know pe- the Into the Wild is the guy who like drove out to the edge of the wilderness and to the edge of civilization and like walked into the wilderness and disappeared and like Alaska. Yeah. And he like committed like the world's slowest suicide. Yeah. Cause my brother's a big wilderness guy. He's like, that book is bullshit. Like Joey will go off on like how that guy was an idiot. And like, I'm like, okay, whoa. Uh, But then this is also like Joey who, when he was on the AT, uh, no, when he was on the PCT, and he was like, everybody who read Wild, you just see them out there. Yeah. You got to go around them. They're so <laughs> slow. They don't know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, we, so basically, Joey covered, people. Right. We've covered mm-hmm. a lot of problematic things already. So let's <laughs> shift gears to um, the unproblematic item. So here is how it goes. Listening audience, each member of the awesome show has three unproblematic items each. We are going to go through them round robin style. Uh, each person will present their thing um, quickly. And then we will have a three to four minute discussion about said thing. Um, now remember, you don't have to necessarily like plead your case, right? For why it's unproblematic. I'm sure that will come up in discussion. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am just going to pick randomly. I'm going to say, uh, Josh, as our guest, you go first. Okay. Um, so yes, uh, this actually was kind of my idea, this unproblematic phase, because we've talked about problematic faves and, you know, as I've always said, uh, uh, you gotta, you, you, you have to be aware. doesn't mean you can't love something, but you have to be willing to accept it in your heart. And over the last few months, I really looked for things that I don't need to justify. Um, I'm still watching the bachelor, still don't feel good about it. Um, and I love soccer. Um, I watched soccer for many years. I love the World Cup, super problematic. Um, I love LAFC, super problematic. Um, but I love soccer and I was looking and, and I kind of stumbled onto a part of soccer that I love, which is the Women's World Cup. Uh, the Women's World Cup, National American uh, Women's Team, U.S. National Women's Team, is the winningest team in our country. They're the most accomplished 
international team in our country and we treat them like trash. Super problematic. However, when they're not playing international play, they have a small burgeoning league inside of America. It's about 15, 20 years old. And it is the NWSL, the National Women's Soccer League. And the NWSL this year got its, not its first, but we're going to call it its first because no one remembers the LA Soul, its first Los Angeles NWSL team, the Angel City Football Club. And I've become obsessed with the Angel City Football Club. It is this group of amazing women. It was founded by amazing women. When you go to the games, Jennifer and I went to the first match. I'm getting like goosebumps talking about. When I went, when we went to the first match of their season, their inaugural match, families everywhere, fan fest filled with kids. Just you go into the match and every sign in the stadium is women's rights hands off our bodies, huge trans flags flying everywhere. It is so inclusive. There is no bullshit at the NWSL. And literally, they go out for the, at the beginning of the match, they go out for the Star Spangled Banner. And I'm like, you know, for, it's a pretty progressive league. I'm actually a little surprised they're going to do the Star Spangled Banner. 80% of the team kneels, three or four players stand, and they all hold hands across the board. And it was just so great to just feel this group up on the boards. Like this was between the, the leak about Roe versus Wade and the decision. Literal on the boards, videos of the players saying, we defend women's rights, promoted videos on the Jumbotron. Like it was just such an amazing experience to be with these incredibly powerful incredible athletes that have like never truly gotten the notice that they deserve in this country and just watch them be amazing. The team is like so phenomenal. It's so special. It was founded by like Natalie Portman founded it because she always wanted to have a soccer club. Apparently Jennifer Garner is one of the founders and she took the official title of soccer mom and hands out oranges at, at halftime. Okay, like all the cheers, like there's a no asshole policy across the whole stadium. It's just amazing. And it was felt so good to watch an incredible sport surrounded by incredible people and to not feel even a little bit bad. <laughs> about it and so it was incredible the players are amazing it's so fun i now listen to like three angel city podcasts every week and i cannot recommend it enough so that is my first very unproblematic fave angel city football club and the nwsl one wow. problematic aspect of it really the only way to watch it is on twitch which is not <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> go to the match. You can get a ticket for ACFC for $20. Oh. <laughs> you can get a $20 before fees, 35 bucks and you're in the door. It is the best, best two hours of your life. Um, so. I mean, I don't, I, I'm going to start, I'm going to put three minutes on the clock to, <laughs> to chat about this. However... <laughs> That sounds great to me. One, soccer in general, we don't appreciate enough in the United States. Um, and I uh, I like a good game of soccer. I will go to this. Um, also, I like that they're keeping the tradition, sports America, sure, but also freedom. So I appreciate that. <laughs> that sounds good to me. <laughs> Eva Longoria, Mia Hamm, Serena Williams are other owners. Yeah. 
Oh my goodness. Well, that's just like that. I moved me to tears. It's the best, man. Julie Berman is this like badass investor that's run all these amazing companies. Like it's incredible. The, the, the team has a theme song, which was, um, Oh, where's the theme song? I, I'm, Oh, it's written by, uh, it's written and performed by Brittany. I can't remember her last name from Alabama shakes. Uh, it's called, uh, I think like dancing with angels or something like it is just the most fun. And like, I love, I love LAFC, but like, I don't even want to go to those matches. Some of the times, like it can get so violent and there's just nothing but good feelings when you're at the Billie Jean King is an, is a founder. Like, come on. Yeah, it's um, so what, good. what you're talking about is one of the things that turns me away from sports. Part of the reason. Exactly. You know, that, um, so that's great to hear. That's a good review. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Angel City, their official colors, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page, Asphalt and Armor and Soul Rosa. Which is the, <laughs> the website's very pretty. The, are the website's yes, beautiful. this it's, is, yeah, like their away colors are great. I love mm. this uniform. Oh, it's, the whole league is really cool. Like, Jennifer and I had a conversation, and this was just like classic, like, like, old white cis dude getting schooled. Like, I was like, yeah, you know, my one complaint about the league is that, you know, the teams are like the pride and the thorns and uh, and angels. And I was like, they all kind of feel kind of, you know, maybe soft. And she goes, what? Well, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, why is that a problem? And I was like, you know what? Yeah, fuck me. Like, it's <laughs> awesome. Like, it was so cool. Like, the Orlando Pride, like, the San Diego Wave is a bad... Like, Alex Morgan That's has cool. kicked, like, 110 goals in her career in this league. Like, it's not... Here's the thing, too. Okay, why do... There was this great podcast where they were trying to figure out why Americans don't like soccer. And they said, the score is too low, and we suck at it. That was why they said. And you know what? It, the NWSL, because the goalies are smaller, fact of life, the scores are really high. And we're fucking great at this sport. <laughs> I mean, they did, they dedicated an entire week of matches to Title IX. Every single commercial break was players talking about the importance of Title IX in wow. our country. Like, it was amazing, you guys. So, yes, I cannot recommend it. Anymore. It's um, so fun. Agree. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, agree. Love it. Problematic, you know, per not. Per curse research. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. You dig deep enough, you'll find something. There's but always one problem. of those things that, Further like, down. Further down. So eventually, fun. things get tied to people, right. and people mm-hmm. are the problem. Yeah. Of course. Human beings are flawed. We're, we're, it, we're it, layered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some of those okay, layers are gross. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. That's my own problem. <laughs> that. uh, Noodle, let me have your first uh, unproblematic thing. So I want to say that I was emotionally unprepared for the impact that realizing everything I love is a problem because it was a big impact. I was like, Oh, I like this. Nope. Oh, I like this. Nope. And like, it was just like a domino effect of absolutely everything that I'm into. And I was like, Oh, everything is terrible. Um, but I really like the idea of something being unproblematic. So, um, I love this category, even though it took a lot of work and I had a lot of conversations with other people being like, what do you like? 
And I got a like a wide range of answers. And most of them I was like, hmm, yeah, but did you know these 17 terrible things about the thing that you love? So I went around spoiling a lot of people's moods, which like felt right. That felt like the right thing to be doing. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Megan, if you're listening. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, well, fuck, I got to think of something, right? So I, I'm starting with a person. I'm also ending with a person, but this person, I'm starting with a person. Uh, her name is Susie Allison and she runs the busy toddler account on Instagram. And she is a, she's, you know, part of the parenting culture of like telling parents how to parent. Um, but her, her stuff is all activities. Here is 75 really interesting things that you can do with your toddler that is crap that you have around the house that takes almost no work from you. And frankly, we'd prefer it if you were sitting down watching them do it, encourages play, encourages learning, encourages independence, like all of these really, really great, important things in a way that is so non-judgmental and refreshing because so many of the like parent universe is you're doing it wrong. You are failing your kid by not teaching them X, Y, and Z. And she's really like, I'm not interested in any of that. Here's a great option. If it doesn't work for you, try something else. This is what works for my family. So I bought her book. She wrote a book called Actual Parenting because there's so many parenting books out there that are really, really aggressive and negative. And the first thing she says is, most parenting books are terrible. This is what we've learned. This is what works for us. If it doesn't work for you, that's okay. Try something else. And she's super positive all the way through it. She has three children, um, Sam, Kate, and Matt, and they're so aggressively different. Each one of her children is very different, very personable. Um, and you know, she obviously inter- like uses them in the things because she has pictures of them doing the things, but in a way that does not feel exploitative, that a lot of things her t- I do not feel like her children are performing. I feel like she's like sneakily taking a picture of her kids, like in a moment where they're actually engaging in the thing. And she's like, Oh, it's working. Great success. And she's always like, she posts her failures. She talks about like, where did I like do this wrong? And what did I learn from that experience in a way that is so encouraging. And it's all about, you're doing great parents. Like you're doing a good job. And the fact that you're here at all means you're doing an amazing job. The fact that you're thinking about it. And frankly, she's, you know, she's frequently like, if you want to have a hot cup of coffee, here's something you could do that will give you six minutes to drink your cup of coffee. And all you need is tape and pom-poms. Like, you got this. And it, nice. her stuff is great. All of all of the most successful things that I have done with Revel are 100% from her Instagram account and then from the, her book that I bought because I was like, I should buy her book since I'm doing all of her stuff. Um, and she's just charming and funny and self-effacive and has been actively in school while running her account. So she's talking about balancing and, like, doing the things because she's trying to get her uh, her PhD and she gets it. She like earned her PhD two months ago and her whole family is like celebrating. It's just really, she's very heartwarming and affirming in a way that she constantly reminds you, don't think of it as, is my kid failing or not? Think of it as, what else can we try all the time? And she talks about, don't think about ages, think about stages. So you don't feel like my kids too, they should be doing X, Y, and Z. She's like, one kid did it at this age, another kid did it at this age and everything is fine. And she uses that phrase all the time that whatever age, because her, her youngest, uh, her youngest is four and she goes, four is fine. It's fine to be four. It's fine to be four. It's part of being four and it's fine. 
And I find it very comforting and I love her. Um, yeah. And like she posts like, here's the best whatever's, but she doesn't have like Amazon affiliate links. She's actually like terrible at trying to like make money <laughs> off the other stuff, which is why I bought her book. Cause she's like, Oh, I know I could link it, but like you could find it. It's fine. Which I really like, I like that. Not that I don't buy off other people's affiliate links, but I just, I like the way she approaches her very successful Instagram account. That sounds excellent. I'm going to put um, three minutes on the timer. Let's chat. Let's chat. I like how happy she makes you seem. And it reminds me, I have two questions. One, is this the whisk with the pom-pom? Oh, totally. This originate with her? I'm sure. Yes. Um, also, this reminds me of an account that I can't think of right now because I wasn't planning to talk about it. I will put it in the things. Um, there is a woman who keeps popping up in my real suggestions, you know, in the like endless scroll. Um, but I love it. And I always stop when I see her and she speaks like that. And she, I think she teaches art to like grade school, you know, or something, but she teaches you art. And is it the chick in the t-shirts with the the red hair with the big red yes hair. yes, yes. I see her yep I she's follow her. excellent and I always Can't feel so yeah. good when she's telling me how to make flowers yes mm-hmm. and I like the fact that she's like I have things that are behind a firewall like there's things that you can pay to learn about but this is the stuff that I'm just showing you how to do for fun right, I'm not going to show you how to make this yeah. thing back here that's for sale exactly that I made and took me a long time and mm-hmm. it's like arty art art but let's make these flowers together right now yeah and look how you can definitely do it yeah I love it and she does it on like canvas and like Kingsmith. there's um, there's some really like positive accounts out yeah. there there's so many negative ones I do. I have heard um, from Dustin that we have very different Instagram scrolls. <laughs> I bet. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm not getting. Yeah, because you seem to like maybe girls in red this. hair with t-shirts. <laughs> totally different girls with red hair and t-shirts. But yeah. what's no funny comment. is we, we're coming at it from different levels. You're coming mm-hmm. at it from the teaching, parenting side of the algorithm, and I'm coming at it from the art, do-it-yourself side of the algorithm, and we're getting the same shit. Which means she has nailed that algorithm. That would be neat Mm -hmm. if we weren't five seconds away from like iRobot. But, um, (laughs) you know, it's neat for now. And one of the other weird things that I like is watching like those type of accounts interact with each other because I feel like they're all friends. They tag each other in their stuff. They're like, go look at my friend so-and-so do this thing. I'm like, who knows like what the deals are with that so they all, and they call some, of them, yeah, some of them feel very authentic there's like huh. five or six of them that i feel that i have seen in person like not in person i have seen a picture of them together not in person i see anyone in person but there are times there are people that i know for sure like these accounts are friends with each other and it's nice and it makes you feel nice mm-hmm. right. it does it does make me feel nice but like people on the internet know each other and it's reflected of the community that is available community um because we're being positive <laughs> community and, that could be <laughs> it's gonna go off Can you hear it Think. excellent look at that look at that it's my turn go for it it's my turn um i'm gonna put a one by my name so i don't lose track because three is too too much for me. Um, my first one is okay. I also had a really, really hard time with this, and at some point I had, did have to look at Pinterest because, like, I don't 
I mean, the things that immediately come to my mind are very obviously problematic <laughs> right at that top layer. Um, yeah, and was just like not sure what I like. So my first thing is the let's paint Sherman Oaks, the electrical boxes that are painted throughout the valley. Um, they aren't just in Sherman Oaks. That's just the one that I've seen the most and like that's the one I went to. But I looking it up, there's areas in San Diego and all kinds of other places. Um, the painting of these electrical boxes, both the big ones and the little ones, um, it is part of the Sherman Oaks Chamber Foundation. It's like a, you know, part of that. I did a, again, I'm going to say a, a cursory search on the members of this board. Everything seems okay. I didn't see anything in the news. There was no like local society type page speaking of scandal that like popped up immediately. Um, everybody, everybody involved is somehow connected to the art world and in the community, which is great. You can sponsor one of these boxes for there's two tiers of sponsoring because it's the little boxes and the big boxes. Um, and then you can submit to like be included in this program and have your art out and they're all over the place and I love them I love taking I love it when I'm like in stupid traffic and then I look over and there's this beautiful box I love them and my favorite one wait did I write it down I was looking at the wrong thing wrong thing my favorite one is um if you look it up guys if you're doing stuff on the internet while we're talking um it just look up Let's Paint Sherman Oaks and it's the one with the like Art Nouveau style woman with the like red hair. It's green. That one's my favorite. I think it's at the corner of Magnolia and something. I think Magnolia and something. Definitely Magnolia and something. Uh -huh. Magnolia and something. Um, I think that's like, yeah, those are my only notes, which is great because that means it's my research did not give me anything that made me sad about the art that's like you know, people and art like working together with the landscape and, blah, blah, blah. you know, if, it would suck if that ended up sucking. Okay, I'm going to put three minutes on the clock. All right. I love those. I love those so much. How much does it cost to sponsor one? I think the high tier, the big ones are 700 and the small ones are five. That's very a reasonable. large portion of that goes to the artist and is for them to buy supplies and just that's how much they get. And it's like a hundred and something goes to the maintenance of it and keeping it up because they code it and blah, 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 which is very reasonable. Mm -hmm. I love it. That's a great one. Yay. It's a great one. I see them all the time. And I was like, oh, there's some of them that are all like hearts and yeah. chipmunks, like all sorts of, there's, there's no theme for what they are. They are all over the place. Like, it seems like there's right. no framework for it. They just exist. Yeah. You get to submit like your idea as an artist, like whatever it is. Wait, I cannot hear you, Josh. We lost you, Josh. You still? Oh, no. What happened? No. Does he forget? Does he know that we can't hear him? Oh, oh there he's he gone. Does. He's he gone. Does. Oh, he's he's he abandoned does. us. Um, but that's a great one. Yeah, because they bring you joy all the time when you drive by them, or if you're walking, you get to like get up all in in their like yeah, faces. they're really pretty and they're yeah. big. I mean, mm -hmm. the the big ones are like my size right yeah. like they're like four or five feet tall 
Yeah, it's not like a small piece of art. We got you. Hey, there he is. Yes. Yes. I, I didn't know that was an organized thing. I thought that was just like somebody painted one and somebody else was like, oh, I should do that. No, right. that's really cool. Oh, I should do that. Beautify yeah. your community. And yeah, it's yeah. not just Sherman Oaks. Like it's all over, it's yeah. all over the valley. There's other places. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know who started it. Not I don't know where this came from. Someone was like, well, look, we have local artists. And they're drawing on stuff. Let's give them some stuff to draw on. That's kind of ugly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. They're just mm-hmm. these ugly green boxes. Uh, and they are, they're colorful and uh, they're just wonderful. I will say that the, that whole area of the valley um, is, does have some nice, mur- you, through the Sherman Oaks like chambers where you can also like submit to do a mural somewhere or they might put up, you know, this wall by wherever is looking for artwork. Um which I think is great. I think there's a whole bunch of great art in Southern California that's just like out and about. Uh, so I'm for it. I'm a fan. Unproblematic. It. Yeah, that's a great one. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Excellent. Excellent. Let's go back to Josh, number two. Josh. Oh, hey, dude. Sorry, my cat is asleep. My cat has learned <laughs> that uh, the laptop is a great place to sleep because it's super warm. But it also means that he kicks everything off a laptop and his phone, and then he gets scared. Uh, oh, problem access. So, um, so as you two know, uh, my life changed significantly a couple of years ago when my father-in-law died, and um, I got the odd, unlucky job of having to pack up all of his things. And while I was packing up his things, I found his Burbank library card. And I carried it around with me for years for some reason. I, I didn't know what to do with it. So I carried around his Burbank library card. And uh, a few months ago, um, I w- had nothing to do. I had like the day off work. And I thought, I'm going to go to the library. I'm going to get my own library card at the Glendale Library. And walking in there, I just was reminded of how much I loved the library as a kid and the quiet and the access and the community. And yeah, you know, let's be honest, the library is not wildly, it's not wildly problematic, but it's imperfect. And you definitely see some folks in the library that you're like, yeah, you know, maybe maybe your heart is in this for a different pl- different reason than I I am. But there's just like something so nice about just going to, into this nice, beautiful, cool building filled with words. And I really kind of started like to fall in love again with the library. Um, but that is not my unproblematic. So as I started spending a lot of time uh, uh, on the library, I was going on the library website, and then that started to infect all of my other things. And it started to affect my TikTok feed. And my TikTok feed, TikTok is not unproblematic at all. TikTok is extremely problematic. But one thing I did find on TikTok was book talk. Book talk is where girls on TikTok talk about women on book on TikTok talk about books. And okay. book talk is very problematic. Book talk comes in a couple different stripes. <laughs> it comes in uh, uh, erotic book talk. I love it. It comes in horror book talk. It's pretty good. It talks in, comes in YA book talk. Uh, I don't need it. But as I was trying to swipe through book talk, it turned me on to bookstore talk. Now, bookstore talk comes in two different types. Barnes and Noble talk. Why? I don't know. But there's a whole bunch of them. And then independent book talk. Independent book talk is a little more unproblematic than Barnes and Noble talk, though Barnes and Noble talk is far more entertaining. And then somehow through all of these machinations, I stumbled onto what is my unproblematic fave, and that is library talk. Now, library talk on TikTok 
is librarians goofing off because apparently they have a lot of free time. And my personal favorite is the Fowler Community Library in Michigan. And Fowler Community Library is staffed by two adorable young women named Zoe and Storm. And they make TikTok videos. They have several different shows that they do on TikTok. Uh, my personal favorite is One Star Review Guess Who, where they read one star reviews off of Goodreads for popular or classic novels. And then you get to guess what that novel is. And then in the second episode, uh, Zoe will reveal the book to you. Uh, there's also innumerable videos where Storm recommends books and she'll just put up a list of like uh, top 10 or not. Top, there's not a list, but it's just like uh, uh, she did one that was uh, books for teaching your children about trans people. And she'll just like hold up the book. And then she holds up another book. And it's just like, it is just eye bleach, you guys. Like watching these little nerds talk about books of all different random stripes. And with just so much diversity and inclusivity, there's a, a perfect video. Apparently this, this library in Michigan also has the largest collection of large cat taxidermy in the state. And they do a whole video about all of the taxidermied animals. It is just perfection. So that is my unproblematic fave. <laughs> library talk and specifically the Fowler Library in Michigan and Zoe and Storm. I don't know what to say. It's adorable. Uh, that's, I'm going to put three minutes on the clock. Um, that sounds really adorable. And I love the names. <laughs> that is incredibly specific. Man, that's where we are at this point. I love it. Like, <laughs> no, right? It was like a deep pinpointed thing that was unproblematic. It can't be something big. It has to be something very specific that's unproblematic. Because <laughs> the larger you get, the more people mm. are involved. I mean, everyone's got their fingers and shit and like their hands and like policies and whatnot. And then things get <laughs> ugly. But I mean, also like... You know, I I, I uh, also talk about this in therapy a lot. Uh, that I I personally struggle with like finding joy in small things. Like my brain just wants to rush over small things and try to deal with like big issues and big topics and the news of the world. And something I've really been trying to focus on in the last, you know, year or so is just trying to, like, be happy in small, inconsequential things. And there are a few things more inconsequential than one-star review, guess who, at the Fowler Library in Michigan. But at the same time, not. Like, at the same time, it's like listening to people's terrible takes on Pride and Prejudice is... <laughs> kind of exactly what I want, you know, it's exactly. just to be like, it's just kind of perfect. And to celebrate, because I mean, they're doing it as a celebration of these things, like, right, all of this is just to celebrate, like, that we created all these words, we put all these words, and we put them on paper, and we threw them into little bundles, and we called them important. And then we threw them in a big building. And now we protect them, and we share them with other people. Like, it's totally inconsequential, and yet it's, it's not. And beautiful, I find it really So, yeah. <laughs> I live less than a mile from the Encino Tarzana Library, and I have been in it exactly once because the pandemic hit right after we moved here. And I cannot wait to, like, feel safe about taking Rebel to the library because I love libraries. Mm -hmm. 
And I similarly have so many fond memories of going to the library as a kid. And it's right fucking there. Yeah. And I'm really excited about when they finally start back up story time. I was just going to say story time. Oh, yeah, yeah. story Cause, time. Because we're not, we're not doing Zoom story time. I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm just, I'll just read you a book. <laughs> but I'm really looking forward to taking him to story time and like being a part of that. And I used to work at a Barnes and Noble and story time. I worked, uh, I worked at, so I worked at Storyopolis, which became a Barnes and Noble's, but it, it filled me with so much joy doing story time. I loved it. I loved it. hundred percent. Did um, I not know you worked at Barnes and Noble? Oh, I worked at, I worked at Barnes and Noble twice. Once I worked in a Starbucks and a Barnes and Noble. And then Storyopolis was when I was out here, which was a children's store that was eventually like bought out by a Barnes and Noble. Um, yeah. I always wanted to work at a Barnes and Noble. Yeah. Uh, it is not. Not fun. None fun of those are fun. I worked at Sam Goody and Coconut. They're never glamorous. Um, though I will say when I worked at Storyopolis, I think I made a really terrible decision about the rest of my career because they said to me, Vanessa, we'd really like to like, groom you to be um the author representative when you come in to like take the authors out and blah blah, blah and like have a career in this and instead I like took another job that paid me more which sucks and I wish I hadn't done that I kind of no. wish I had like stayed in that environment because there's like there's like a whole life there there's a whole life of book press yeah book press yeah, yeah and oh, I wow. think it would have been probably a less lucrative but probably more enjoyable life. Not that I don't understand. You know I mean, it could yeah. be fun. It seems like yeah. it could be fun. Probably the same way that I like want to work at a museum. Yes, right? Because it's interesting. Yeah, right. that's probably just, a more interesting life. Is probably and, better. And I'm a it's dork and I'm like, ooh, fun. Yeah. Broken pots or like old art. Like, <laughs> I love it. Let that, me archive your, your crap. Let me. That was an excellent unproblematic. Organize your stuff. That was excellent. <laughs> yeah. So that was, we had three minutes. I put the extra minute, went up to yeah. four, but we're doing really good <laughs> and I guess that that might be because you know when things are shitty you tend to it's easier to go on and on mm, not that we ramping, aren't going on yeah. and on about things we like but when things suck it's I could bitch for a long time mm-hmm. um, we are really doing this well um <laughs> feeling exuberant rather right, than right uh so Josh that was library talk and library we'll, talk. We'll be putting that in. I I don't use TikTok much. The only time I look at TikTok is if it's reposted on Instagram, or if Jess sends it to me, which I get some great text messages from Jess at like random times. It's excellent. Um, <laughs> but I, you know, I didn't know that, and I kind of feel like you presented that in, um, like in a subreddit kind of way, like in a forum <laughs> kind of structure which was excellent okay uh noodle what's your number two i want to say i also do not watch tiktok on tiktok i watch it on reels through instagram when <laughs> right. it's been reposted and it's six weeks later like an adult but like that's okay. from, a, me- that's from <laughs> no, a meme that went around on whatever six weeks later so like i am who i am but i do watch mike's tiktoks like he watches TikTok and he'll be like, oh, look at this. Oh, I was like, if Mike has a TikTok and I don't, I should be watching this. I mean, he has one, but like he's never, he had a, whatever. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I'm actually going to change the order of my um, unproblematic faves, faves to like transition through from Josh's to one that um, matches nicely. 
And I am going to talk about Lane Moriarty, which I think I'm pronouncing incorrectly. Moriarty. Moriarty. I don't know how you pronounce it. She's the author of Big Little Lies. She's Leanne. Also- huh? Leanne. Moriarty. Leanne. Yeah. I don't know how to pronounce her name. That's fine. She's Australian. That's cool. She has written Leanne nine. Leanne. Lane. Lane. Leanne. I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. However you pronounce her name. Uh, which, so sorry, I don't know which is segment. fine because you know I've never heard it so whatever <laughs> I really like her for the following reasons so she's written these nine books right nine books since 2004 and they've all been pretty wildly successful and they are feel-good books not that the stories make you feel good the stories are like engaging and weird and sometimes really sca- like terrifying because they're a little bit too close to home but she has this really easy flow to her writing and this really engaging and bring you into the story. It is unpretentious. It is welcoming. It reminds me why I like to read books because I don't feel like, oh, I have to like slog through this. I have to deliver or, oh, am I seeing the significance of something or, oh, am I like engaging with this in the right way? It's just like a really nice, sometimes they're clever and sometimes they're not. And sometimes they're just gentle stories. Um, I just finished reading Nine Perfect Strangers, uh, um, which is, like, about weird wellness culture and cults and stuff. But, like, it's just, it, there's such great stories. And her people, her characters are very believable. And you're like, oh, I totally know that guy. I met that guy, like, last week. <laughs> and And they're all unique and fleshed out. And I just, I just really enjoy the rhythm of her language. And it makes me feel happy and it reminds me why I like to read which is nice um because I've been going through like I am slogging through absolute garbage books um and her stuff is like they're all you know they're not they're not terribly confusing there's twists and turns but you don't feel like what the fuck is gonna happen next you're just like oh this is very interesting and I'm very interested and I like her as a person her wikipedia page and like her own um, websites and stuff. It's very, they're very personable. They feel like the way she writes her stories. Um, she's very self-effacing. She talks a lot about her family. Her, she has two sisters who are also authors. Uh, she says that her crowning achievement is that she didn't fall down like on the Emmy stage, which is pretty awesome. She's like, I, I will hang my hat on that forever. I didn't trip once. And like, she's just, she just seems very personal. Like you would want to go down to the pub and have a pint with her because you know, Australia. Um, yeah, I just, I really, I like her stuff and I like her as a person. Um, she's also written a couple of children's books, uh, the Space Brigade sp- series, um, where her main character is a young girl who's an astronaut. Like, cool. I'm into okay. it. Yeah. So I just, it is feel good writing that doesn't feel too much or not enough. It's not fluffy, but it's not too heavy. And she's also very kind of upfront about herself in it. She's like, yep, um, I get it. I'm like a white woman in writing. There's a lot of us, but there should be more. And she's really supportive of the casting that's been happening for her stories. So uh, Nine Perfect Strangers was on Hulu, and they cast um, a variety of people. So they didn't make everybody white in the story. Everybody's white, right? There was like one non-white character and she was, and they cast it differently. And she's like, yes, that's great. I love it. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, so she's like aware of the fact that her stories 
represent a very specific slice of life in her, you know, Sydney, Australia. Uh, and I always think it's like interesting because you, I think about how many books that I read that are America, right? And then for it to be somewhere else, I'm like, oh, oh, that's right. And so you get to like shift for a little bit without it feeling like a big deal. It feels very natural. Um, so yeah, I, I love her. I love her. I'm happy to read her stuff. I was looking at those lists. I was like, oh, I've read seven out of her nine books. I hope she writes another one soon. You know, she will. She did just come out with Apples Never Fall in September of 2021. But like, I, I read an advanced copy of it. So I read it like two years ago, whatever. doesn't matter. It, it's good. Yeah, by you accident. Had an copy I read an advanced copy. Of, no, no, but I got an advanced copy. I, in my, I got it out of a little free library in my town. Okay, those are great. I'm speaking. Right, those are my favorite. I can't uh, believe that. That is such an Encino story. Mm-hmm. I got an arc for the new Leon Moriarty book at a little free library yep. in my neighborhood. Yep. Mm-hmm. Out on a walk. Yep. No problem. I'm gonna push the. Commentary about yeah. <laughs> People in Appleton, Wisconsin don't have that story. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> um, hey, Allison Klinker, if you're listening, Appleton, Wisconsin, whoop, whoop. <laughs> Represent. That was unexpected. Nice. Yeah, it's, um, it's funny. It's, sorry, not to, not to catch up, uh, no. Candace, but no, it's, the way you describe it, like, that's kind of how I feel, felt like rereading some Fletch books. Like, I think I just did, like, Confess Fletch and I've read Fletch one like seven times. So that's a real quick one. But uh no, it's just it, it's like it it's just like I'm just hanging out with some folks that I really dig for a little while. And like there's gonna be just enough intrigue to keep me going, but it's mostly just watching you guys, you know, fool around and get into scrapes and yeah. She is a little less sticking to the man than Fletch is. Like just well, like yes, a little less. A little less. <laughs> and I'm a little more sticking yeah. to the man than she probably is. So probably worse. <laughs> um Big Little Lies was huge. It's still on, right? It's still being made or is the show over? It I think it's only... over. Yeah, I don't think it was I think, I think they three. did two they did two yeah. seasons. Um, or two three? I don't think they can afford that cast yeah. more than twice. Right. <laughs> and the the first season covered the book. So I, yeah. I don't I didn't oh, that's I watch the show okay. because because I was oh no that's not true I did watch the show oh the, yeah no I totally did watch the show I only watched the first season because I was like what else are you gonna say here like that's the book yeah right it's, second season was the second season is just watching Meryl Streep yell at everyone very, and it's very kind satisfying. of fun yeah right. it's kind of a mm-hmm. kick because it's like Meryl Streep is playing a psycho and you're like oh that's new huh. still love you though. Mm-hmm. Which I guess is worth an entire season of television, whether it was good or bad. There are worse ways to spend your time, right? For sure. Um, I like that that she's open about the the yeah. All the characters in my books are white ladies. I'm writing about that, and that's what I know. She's a white lady. I that's probably part of it. Um, that's excellent, and it's excellent not to. It's excellent to see something cast in a way that is realistic to the audience especially that story seems to have a decent spectrum of age of audience um and i imagine like just the casting alone was enough to bring in a ton of audience that was like not maybe didn't even know the book um uh, i i appreciate being like yeah that's cool because that makes sense Mm -hmm. as opposed to using the fact that the material the source material is super white so like everyone should be super white i appreciate that and i appreciate it being done like i mean Obviously, it was talked about to a point, but 
I saw press and like read stuff about the show and I didn't hear about that. So it wasn't like something that was overused for conversation and press and selling, but was like mentioned. I appreciate yep. that. Yep. And while I feel like that was very much her best book, the rest of them are still very good. What Alice forgot. I thought about what Alice forgot for months. Did you mention that? On the, that's really yes. familiar. Yeah. Yes. I did talk about it on the show. Um, this woman like falls and bugs her head and she like wakes up and thinks it's 10 years earlier and has like no memory of what her life is now where she's married and has a children, has children. She's like, who the fuck are you people? What happened to me? And I think about that a lot. Hilariously. I imagine that when we talked about this last time, I mentioned what I'm going to mention right now, which is 50 first dates, which is the creepiest storyline ever. Could you imagine waking up every day and someone having to, or waking up and be like, you're giving birth today. Yeah. What? what? I don't want to do that. You have a four-year-old. What? what? Yeah. You're on a boat in the middle of nowhere. Excellent. I'm cold. <laughs> well, you should be middle of nowhere. Whales all over the place. Yeah. What kind of terror? <laughs> what? <laughs> Just no. Awesome. Cool. Um, that was noodles number two. And BJ, we, we made the four minute mark. Look at us. Bang, bang, bang. I need these little wins. You know, <laughs> I need these little accomplishments. Been a long Tuesday. Uh, my number two, I'm really excited about. Uh, it is, wait, I got to move myself around. Um, neon signs, unproblematic. And let me tell you why. Um, one, they use glass and very little plastic. They are mostly blown glass with electrodes and you, a little, you, know, you have a little plug. Um, but, you know, much better than like an LED light, like a string situation, which is like little plastic tubes wrapped in a plastic tube, blah, blah, blah. Um, the gas is not poisonous. Um, and uh, every, you know, everything that's in there is in the air. Um, and if they break... You can, you dispose of the glass just like you would any other broken glass. And some of the tubes can be recycled at places that take like fluorescent tubes. So I have some links if you guys like want to see some links, but um <laughs> very excited that, cause I do love that. And apparently it does not suck. Three minutes on the clock. That's so weird. It's <laughs> so refreshing to know because it's everywhere, right? Right now, neon is having like a resurgence. It's all, right. it's like the, the scripty neon at weddings and at restaurants of the, you know, the Instagram look, take the picture of me with the neon. Uh, right. But it's really nice to know that that's not actually making things worse. Right. Um, and the, you know, I don't want to say that there's like anything that I think is plastic or like a rubber tube with a light component is not going to be a neon light but the stuff I was reading was like some stuff like LED places saying that like they're the same thing and those kinds of lights being sold as and marketed as neon lights. I'm like, I did not know this was a thing. Uh, but if you get into it and you start reading like FAQs on sites of people who sell and like make uh, custom, you know, neon signs, they're like very serious about it. Like it's a thing. I did not know that. Have you been to the Valley Relics Museum? No, but... So that, it's up by the airport. It's up mm -hmm. by the Van Nuys Airport. And Van Nuys? No. One of the airports. Thank you for having me. Anyway, it's up there. And for years, they have uh, 
as stores close and restaurants close, they take their neon signs and any of their signs, but it's mostly neon signs. And they have this giant warehouse that you just walk through and look at 50 years of old signs from places around the valley. It's amazing. So let's go do that field trip. So that is the place that we meant to go to when instead we went to the Glendale Neon (laughs) Museum. This is two episodes in a row. We talked about this last week. This is two conversations with the two people who I had the conversation with, and now here we all are. (laughs) Full circle, folks. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's where we meant to go when instead we went to, like, the science version of it, which was so great. Well, it was was the, like, artsy artsy version right they yeah. had that sciencey things but it oh was like it, it was like yeah. indie neon yeah but we meant to go to the valley neon relic museum and i am <laughs> oh, in for a road trip for that totally that and like we have the full fun. story now except i'm not yeah. sure if kira was there kira was definitely at the here's the thing i was thinking about this after the fact kira was definitely at the convention where we bought the art Yes. But I don't know if she was at the Neon Museum, which makes me think that those were not on the same days and that was your Benadryl stoned brain <laughs> confusing those two days. Now, I, I smoke a lot of cannabis, so I could be wrong too. Maybe Kira no met us there. Maybe, Maybe she, she was. Did. She might have been at the Pasadena art event with her job. And maybe that's why we went. No. 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 It was cash. Timer. Okay. <laughs> Kira, you're going to have to tell us, have you been to the Glendale? Yeah, I guess there's one more. This has been a tangent for three people. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, Either way, I remember this museum being a very good time. I have good pictures. Uh, with the little guy inside the neon. Yeah. Yeah. It's all good. I remember being very bright that day. Anyway, if you go now, because uh, the Glendale, the Galleria is right there, right? Um, there's an empanada stand. It's called Nona's. And they got all kinds of empanadas and three vegan empanadas. Maybe four. The apple might be vegan, too. Nona's. That seems like Glendale a reason enough to go. <laughs> Galleria. Uh, we went there last weekend, did a little shopping, got some empanadas, came home, ate too many empanadas. No such thing. I did take a little nap. Um, Josh, you're number three, third and final unproblematic item. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to do a quick one. And then I have like, I have like two honorable mentions, three maybe, but we'll do, we I'll do just do an a after quick all three. Yeah, well, we'll we do we a can do an after I got some mention. too. So this is a quick one. So, uh, so as you guys know, as the listeners might not know, my wife is an amazing cook, uh, and more important than her being an amazing cook. She really likes it. Um, I am a decent, pretty, pretty solid cook, but I don't get a lot of enjoyment from it. I find it very stressful, but I love my wife and I, I want to help. And so um, what I started doing years ago is I would be like, all right, you cook, I will prep cook. What can I do that will help you? So like I will make bread and then you make you know, dinner or I will make pasta and then you make dinner. And a little while ago, I took up making homemade tortillas. Uh, I'm from Southern California. Mexican food is like in my blood. Um, it's actually literally in my blood as I am a quarter Mexican. Uh, but um, it's just, I don't know why, but I get so much enjoyment from making homemade tortillas. And then we have them for like weeks 
you just throw them in a little bin and you can eat homemade tortillas for the rest of your day. And so I know this is possibly the most inconsequential, unimportant, unproblematic thing we could discuss. But when I'm thinking of the things that make me happy right now that have absolutely no emotional baggage, spending 45 minutes just pounding away on some flour and then at the end being able to make an amazing taco, man, that's that's just kicking it for me right now. So that is my unproblematic fave number three is homemade tortillas. Three minutes on the clock. I love that's, that. Yeah, right? <laughs> I'm like, can I have a tortilla now? Why oh, haven't we gotten you, tortillas are yet? Are you yeah, making like, deliveries? Like, what you is could drop situation? off like, I don't know, like 10 tortillas per right? household if you want. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll set it up. I just got a press. I used to roll them by hand. Ooh, nice. But I broke down, bought myself a press. Right. That seems like a like a level up needed. Yeah, roll time. them by hand. Good <laughs> Christ, Josh. Just like I might have the supermarket. A little bit of margarine. Ooh, Wait. Ooh, right? Totally. I have two tortilla comments. One, have you seen... Okay, I'm, I'm going to do these in a different order. There is a TikTok that, of course, is on Instagram that um, is a woman filming... I'll see if I can find it. I'm sure I can't. I'm sorry I can't name this person. I just can't because chaos in my brain. Um, and she's filming like her friend in front of her and they're like at a sporting event or something and she touches her shoulder and she goes, this is why Latinas have white friends because they look like tortillas because she's got freckles. <laughs> and it made my freaking day. This is why we have white friends because they look like tortillas. Yes. Um, that's tortilla comment number one. That's been on my mind for a couple of weeks. Tortilla comment number two. Have you seen this stupid oh, freaking yes. viral smack you with a tortilla? Could we be more obnoxious than taking our food and hitting each other with it? I mean, I'm my interest to, like, in any social media challenge is right? like could not be lower. I'm trying to like <laughs> make sure that my vegetables are locally sourced and I'm not using any as little or no plastic in my veggies and these fuckers are just buying a thing of mission tortillas and throw them in the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> Those are my tortilla comments. Did I'm you just make happy. my homemade tortillas problematic? I feel like no, that's I'm super said. happy you're making tortillas <laughs> and it's not problematic and it's excellent <laughs> because I love tortillas. I always want to make a quesadilla. Always. They are delicious. They're what so they delicious when they're perfectly crunchy. Mm. I'm done. We broke it all. I'm, I'm going to go eat a tortilla when we're done with a little bit of margarine. Yes. <laughs> like, that's going to happen. Can we wrap it up here? I am now hungry. I, was I, have, I have tortilla. Right, it's, 10 p- it's 10 p.m. and I want a tortilla. Um, <laughs> no, that's, I think that's lovely. I think that's lovely on a couple of different phases. One, every time you talk about how much you love Jen, it always you know, swells everybody's heart up with joy. Uh, two, are you making right. your own pasta? Is that also a thing? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're making your own pasta. Yeah, the the only problem is pasta is a lot more complicated than making tortillas. You I would make pasta every week if I could. Homemade you pasta is the dries, best. You dry the wet. Yeah. It's. I can only do homemade that. pasta like every other month because it is like an evening to to do. Um, Lisa did it once, and we decided, you know what, this is, and that was it. Never again. This is not for us. Um, that is how my mom feels about rolling out any sort of dough for a cookie. Fuck that. She's not doing <laughs> pie crust or sugar cookie. That's you're not getting it. Um, and I keep sending Jennifer videos of people making like fancy, fancy pasta on Instagram, like cutting out oh, different colored she's pastas. She forwarded them over. It's beautiful. They're beautiful. I beautiful. want it so bad. 
<laughs> I want to eat it so bad. My Instagram never has food. Oh, honey, I my Instagram almost all food, food, <laughs> Italian jokes, weird art made out of garbage, which is fantastic. Yeah. See, I also get the art made out of garbage, but by toddlers. Right. And there's the sustainability crossover. Yes. Yes, for sure. Upcycle. Some woman is cutting clouds and making earrings out of plastic right now. And I'm loving it. I don't even know who she is. I don't think I have followed her. She's just in my recommendation slip and slide (laughs) of five second information that gives me a headache. But also, I mean, she makes me happy. You know what, though? I'll have to find her if she's listening. Um, I haven't heard her do like an ASMR style, like, because they're dangly earrings made out of like cut pieces of plastic. I bet if she shook them, they would sound great. Also, my Instagram feed is filled with mechanical keyboards and people doing this and opening packages and then changing their keys. <laughs> I just set this for like a thousand minutes. Okay. <laughs> uh, that's great. Making tortillas. Oh, I think I that's it. wonderful. I think I'm we should hungry. all make tortillas. I know. I'm hungry. Uh, I'm what is it. your number three? So my third unproblematic date is actually about something that we all do. Um, Cause I spent a lot of time thinking, you know, same thing. Like you guys are like, Oh, I had extras. Like I did not have extras. I was mm. like, everything feels terrible to me right now. And the thing that doesn't feel terrible to me is like, friends right our friends we love and so on and I was thinking about us as team tiny Ferrari and like things that we do and adventures we used to have and I thought you know what I think that something that we do that really was an evolution of our friendship and it solidified for me something that I think is about really good engagement and awareness of ourselves each other and the world around us and it is the fact that we do very organized, structured secret Santas. Uh-huh. I love that we do this for a couple of reasons. One, sustainability, right? Instead of like that first couple of years, we, everybody got everything and there was just like so much stuff everywhere. Like too much, too much. It was too much. It was too hard. It's, it, it, it was, we spent too much time doing that instead of just like being together. It was too much money and it was too much commercialism. And the, the organization behind the secret Santa, um, so there's, there's a couple, we use, we use Elster, the app. I don't know anything about Elster. It's probably a mess, but like, whatever we use an app. So it keeps us organized. Uh, and it sends us reminders, which is nice. Um, it has a system in place that you can't get your partner. So everybody feels like, yeah, of course you get stuff for your partner and you get to buy something for somebody else, which is nice. And like, it just, it, it's a little extra layer of connectivity. And then you have the opportunity to like, think really hard about that one person and get something that they're going to love. And because we have like a financial framework around it, like nobody's going to be like, I got a bag of Skittles. That's it. Right. Like you get a chance to really like imbue that one person with like really focused love and thought and attention. And everybody gets that safe treatment. And it just, it always makes me feel really valued. And it makes me feel like it's a great way of like showing each other, not just like, Oh, I saw a thing that made me think of you, but like, I thought really hard about the right thing for you. So I love gift giving and I love the fact that we organize it in a way that is reasonable and still really meaningful. So I love our Elster fueled secret Santas. Um, that was beautiful. I'm going to put three minutes on the clock. 
I agree a million percent. Um, I love giving gifts. Um, and it's one of, it's one of my favorite things to do. Uh, but I, the thing I don't like about giving gifts is when I have to give too many, um, or, you know, when, when it's like, when you have to spread it around, I, I, I always say like the perfect gift is not to give someone what they want. It's to give some, someone something they don't know that they want. Or it's a way to show someone how much you know about them, hopefully more than they even knew you know. And the way that we've done it where you do focus on one person gives you that opportunity and really gives you time to think about it. And I've, I've taken that uh, and I've convinced both of my families, my immediate family, my in-laws to to. Uh, also do the Elfster. And and I do, I prize it for exactly that reason. And also I would rather spend $50 on one person than $100 on five people. Yeah, I think I can really show that right. one person how how much they mean to me. Uh, so I agree a million percent. I, I would never have thought of that in July. Uh, <laughs> and it means a lot that, uh, that you did. So that's awesome. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that was really, that was really very, very sweet. Uh, and I also totally agree. I, I like to give a lot of gifts deep down. I like to, you know, go shopping and have like a gajillion bags and like, it's Christmas, um, cocoa, and scarf, <laughs> you know, it's cold outside, man. Uh, I like it. Um, however, it's not practical <laughs> and, and being that I, I do I do buy things locally that I mail to people for the holidays, but I'm only, you know, we're only together. I'm only together with you guys really for opening something unless a parent is you know out here. So it is nice to spend time together and have some wonderful gift giving and, and a happies and a papers and a cloths and all the things that are shiny um, without that being the entirety of the evening. That's my least favorite part of a baby shower any sort of shower is <laughs> watching people fucking open presents for hours and hours and hours. Um, so yeah, totally agree. I love our, our little grab bag. I would say the only failing of our grand bag is grab bag is that, uh, Candy's wrapping is so much better than the rest of ours. <laughs> so that I feel bad about it for five Seven. minutes. That's part and by of five minutes, gift, I mean like though. 30 seconds. That's part of her gift. Right. It's it is. So... It is. That's, I'm always like, ah. Oh. I should be better at this, but you know, that's fine. <laughs> Some of us, you know, do it for a living. Um, uh, and we, we share wrapping things in yeah. this by doing this. It's not, we're not like doing like buying a bunch of paper that's going to disappear. That's like super cheap and you tear mm-hmm. it apart. We are sharing bags. <laughs> we have yeah. reused paper. <laughs> uh, and I think it's really excellent. <laughs> the same thing comes around once a year. There's that one box. There's a box flowing around somewhere. <laughs> It's a really nice box. It's from Paper Source. That's forever. Uh, right? Listening audience, if you don't know, Candy is the world's best rapper. Thank just you. in case you don't know that. Of uh, presence. Of presence. Yeah, I of cannot pres- speak to her yeah. rhyming ability. No, when I was 10, I yeah. used to tell that joke a lot. It's wow. a good joke. I it's mean, as often as possible, like it's during the holiday season, right? I mean, I guess, yeah, you don't really say it in March, but... <laughs> You do it if it's your birthday in March. You do it if it's your birthday. You <laughs> want to rap? My mom would be like, "Let's rap," and then I would start like making rapping noises. I'm not going to do that now because, for a million reasons. Um, good number. Good number three. Good number three. Noodle. Candy's number three. So you you both made me feel a little. I did not say something like nice about anybody. <laughs> I don't have anything that's complimentary. 
to my loved ones. My third choice is Pushing Cat, which is, as far as I can tell, unproblematic. Josh, I assume you know who this is. I'm sorry, who? Uh, Pushing Cat. What is pushing cat? Pushing cat? I think it's pushing. 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 Pushing? How do you spell that? P-U-S-H-E-E-N. Look it up. Be on the website. Pushing cat. Mm -hmm. This is the fat gray cat that's all over the internet. The fat Um, gray cat that's all over. Super fat? Yeah. Yeah. Please don't Um, ever describe me like that. (laughs) (laughs) You know that cat? Um, I, I think the cartoons are excellent. I love the little like animatics. Um, the, uh, the, the cat gets into some tough situations. There are some, uh Oh, what's he going to do? But nothing's ever been problematic. Um, pushing cat has lots of friends. They're all different. Um, it's very pleasant. The color palette really pleases me. It's a very, uh, pastel, the website right now is super minty, which I like. Uh, it just makes me feel good on the inside. I've come across it on Pinterest, Instagram, Tumblr. I think Tumblr is where I first came across it years ago. Um, I now have lots of t-shirts. I have a coloring book. <laughs> Do you get the coloring book on Amazon? Sure. Listen, everyone's got to freaking live. I don't, I don't think <laughs> everything is attached to Amazon. That can't be a reason something is problematic. We'll never read again. You know what I mean? Um what are we going to do? Uh, but the character, and as far as I can tell, the artist, the character is totally unproblematic. The artist is, uh, her name is Claire. Let me go back to get her full name. Her full name is Claire Belton. And the interesting thing is, and she does, you know, like she runs the company. I believe it's based in Chicago. Um, But her... I believe, you know, her Instagram probably has like way less followers. Let's do a quick check on uh, Pushing Cats Instagram. She should post cats. She'll get more followers. Right? Wait, Pushing has... Pushing has 2.1 million followers on Instagram. Uh, you can get plushies. Wow. <laughs> and this one, he's a taco. Okay. And <laughs> um, Claire has... 5,289 followers. So that's an interesting just look at, you don't know, capitalism, I don't know, the world. Uh, <laughs> but if you go to Claire's Instagram, her stuff is freaking great. And she uses this palette in a lot of stuff. Um, and I'm super into it. I actually just went to her Instagram for the first time in looking at, looking all this stuff up. And I love it. I love her work. Not a surprise because the cat, cute. I like the Pushing website has a line item that says she has written no other known books. <laughs> known That's, books. That feels very, very nice. ominous. No other I mean, known, books. known books. There's a picture on Pushing's Instagram, uh, a drawing of a sloth petting Pushing. <laughs> that, that, is pretty, that is like my wife in an illustration. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, she's definitely aware of the the cat. That is And probably the cat friends. And there's a crossover with Hello Kitty. That's adorable. Come on. (laughs) Uh, There's this this one on the front page there of uh, Pusheen and a character I do not know um, from a collaboration, but they're like doing karaoke. Yeah. 
She got pigtails in. Cat's got some pigtails. I just love it. It just makes me real happy. I have Pusheen. Yeah, I have Pusheen t-shirts. The one I have is um, the cat as a unicorn with rainbow colored mane um, <laughs> standing on a cliff, standing up to a dragon who's breathing fire. That's a very complex situation for a shirt. Mm-hmm. It's And it's a, a, a raglan style. So it's got like the three quarter sleeves. Super comfy. <laughs> a lot of things happening there. What mm-hmm. color are it's the sleeves? Great shirt. It's a great okay. shirt. Highly recommend that if you uh, want to inject some cute feel goods into your day, wherever you are, find the account and follow. If you this. want to push them in. There it is. There it is. There's you can get it. You can get a plushie that's shaped like a loaf. Why? Cats are loaves. <laughs> right? I love it. Look at this. These tiny earrings are just little fat cats. They're just gold little fat cats. Oh. Excellent. That's it. That's my number three. That's, love it. That is three. It has clearly brought you so much joy. It has. And right. every day. And and just like little Bob still brings me joy. Mm-hmm. Um Machine brings me joy every day. There you go. Great cats, maybe are my thing. Fascinating. Look at us learning about ourselves. That is <laughs> nine things for our our listeners to look to when they feel like everything they love is problematic. Here's some stuff. Make yourself some tortillas. Love it. Right. Joyful. Go to the library. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, we are gonna take this high moment. High meaning things are going well. And we're going to flip it over to Political Minute. Uh, Noodle, why don't you go ahead and give us a Political Minute that we're going to have a few minutes of commentary. And then we will, then we're going to round out with our snippets. I've got a couple little extras that are honorable mentions. Josh has a couple honorable mentions. So we're going to do Political Minute and then we'll do, you know, like five minutes of more problematic, unproblematic stuff. Well, I'm so sad that I have to do this. Uh, my political minute is that 96% of House Republicans voted against the woman's right to have contraception. Charged, 96%. I mean, yeah, right? That is a shocking fucking number. Uh, you know, we said it wasn't going to end with Roe. They're really coming after the whole gambit. Um, I don't understand it. Birth control prevents unwanted pregnancies, which prevents the need for an abortion. What's your fucking problem here, guy? Oh, oh, it's not actually about abortion at all, is it? Hmm. Not really ever about the babies. It's about the control. So fuck them. Fuck them right in the eyeball. And it's going to go to the Senate. And the Senate is, as usual, going to like twiddle their thumbs for the next six weeks and not accomplish anything at all. But that being said, uh, Biden got COVID. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, and feels better almost immediately with Plaxa, whatever drug it is. So it's good to know that that drug works because Biden is 175. And (laughs) I mean, like, not that he's in bad health, but he's 175. Like he is the most vulnerable stage of universe. And he's like, I'm fine. Thank you. Because I have two shots and two boosters and two of the best medical care that anything could ever possibly have. They've actually replaced all of my blood with somebody else's at this point, and I'm great. So I'm glad that he has recovered quickly from COVID because imagine if he had gotten very, very sick and then Trump was going, I had COVID and I was fine. So good. Good job, Biden. Way to, way to recover quickly from COVID. 
Um, but 96% of House Republicans voted against a woman's right to have contraception, which has a number of implications aside from like, hey, I'm on birth control, so I don't want to get pregnant, but like moderating cramps. Um, I actually went on birth control originally because my skin was really terrible and the birth, the hormonal whatever is in birth control like cleared up my skin. So that's great. And it made me not like a raging lunatic all the time. And I'm very normal. Um, and that would go away. And like treatment for things like endometriitis, like all of these really horrendous things that women deal with, like that birth control is at least a layer of protection. And they want to strip that away for no fucking reason other than lunacy and control. And it's disheartening that they're not even pretending otherwise anymore. And if you are a woman Republican in that room who voted against birth control, I hope that your husband's mistress shows up at your door with a baby. Oh, she'll never have. I mean, yeah. Nope. I, I hope, I hope they show up with the baby. I hope they show up with the brood of offspring. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Um, so fuck those women. I'm sorry. Fuck those women. How will really, and as much as it is every single man's fault, it is also every single woman's fault in that room. And there is, you know, a special place in hell for women who <laughs> vote against making or who vote to make women's lives harder. And like, mm. it's just, it's really depressing. Yay. What else it we is, got? It is really depressing. I'm going to put five minutes on for group commentary. It is really depressing. Um, and and you're right. This is something we've discussed before, which is the general lack of, number one, the general lack of education and understanding of biology in general, which is, you know, not every, you, know, you can't blame people for something they never taught you. You can blame the people who are making sure those things aren't taught. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of these people don't really don't know what they're talking about. And I don't, I don't even mean as in like, well, you're supposed to be reading and researching the stuff that you're voting on. And and there's people are writing giant things with images and, and references to charts and you are supposed to review that and you're supposed to have that information. Um, but I think people are very much relying on, I know what I'm talking about and I have a, an agenda. Um, and you are 100% right. Um, I am one of these people that is on birth control as a f- one of the parts of managing a health issue. Um, and it's a very important part of managing a health issue. I am also on methotrexate, which is you're hearing all these horror stories of it being denied at pharmacies um, because it can be an abortificant if used in gigantic quantities, which no one is picking up at the pharmacy. Uh, like the kind of quantities you get in a hospital only. Um, so it's <laughs> it's pretty scary. I mean, there is there is a part of me. I mean, look, I'm not traveling tomorrow, so I'm not totally worried about it. Um, but am, am I carrying contraband if I bring my medication with me to the South? Like, I, I don't know. So things have gotten incredibly out of control. Quickly. So quickly. I mean, quickly to us, not quickly right. to the people who have been. Yeah. This has been part of their long-term political mm-hmm. agenda. Mm-hmm. That's a good point of like, if we resort to states' rights, do they get to say, like, no, you can't bring that met in? Right. I mean, Is this the end of America? 
And, 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 and of course, like, where's the common ground? Right. That's just one example. I mean, there's a million mm-hmm. other things that could go wrong, but, you know, we are supposed to be able to move freely um, between states. That is part of our jam, supposedly. Yeah, that's a united thing. Right. We're supposed to be united. So this is making it, you know, and the idea of moving toward uh, regions of the country that are their own situation and the idea of passports to move around um, is, I feel like, coming faster than anyone could have imagined because of these sweeping differences in opinion and way of life, apparently, in the majority in all these different areas. Supposedly. I, I you know, I did not know until very recently that people pretty high up could kind of vote and and move legislature to wherever they wanted, regardless of the opinions of their constituents. I didn't actually know that, that was super possible. So I'm, you know, disheartened about the process, still involving myself in the process, <laughs> grudgingly. Anybody but doing else? it. Showing doing up. It. Showing doing up. It. Because what the fuck else are you yeah. going to do? I mean. Right. Voting is the bare minimum. Talking is the point, but like this podcast actually isn't changing anything. Yeah. Like I have to vote too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Josh, thoughts, commentary. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that a straight white cis man should really have much to say on this one. I, I don't know. It's fucking terrible. <laughs> I, it makes me sad. It makes me angry. I, I unfortunately, um, don't have a lot of other space in my uh, brain and uh, uh, emotion and my emotional well uh, right now. So I have to meter all of the outside horrors in in small doses because the inside horrors are, are taking up most of the room at the moment. But uh, yeah, I don't know, guy. It's fucking terrible. It, it horrors accurate. is a good, good word to use. Say. It yeah. is yeah. Um, accurate. It is every five seconds. It's another yeah. horrific. Can't believe it. And part of it is the the fact that we all can't. Not all of us. Some people are like super excited. Um, <laughs> those of us who aren't can't kind of believe it seems so fast and it seems so like yeah. Um. It's it's not it's <laughs> it's bad it's bad. Um. I think. It's funny in this house we 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 realize how close everything is. That movie was a movie, Idiocracy. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, with the uh, the fiction movie about the guy who's like frozen and wakes up in the future. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. that Demolition other Man? movie. No, that's idiocracy. You're thinking that's idiocracy. I have that right. Um, I also like Demolition Man though. <laughs> oh well yeah anytime um, <laughs> I mean Demolition Man is not about eugenics so yes I'm much more yeah, so I will Demolition that. Man yeah. um, <laughs> no I, I'm yeah I'm talking about uh, am I right is that the movie yeah you're thinking of Idiocracy yes I have to, you guys I have to look it up I'm, I'm totally right thank you thank you Jack um, excellent uh, Sorry, but it does, it does feel that way it feels very much like that is real and then like every science fiction and like you know, super, super dystopian horror writer in the world is like, we've been screaming at you since, since people wrote down stories about this happening. And now it's all just happening. It's almost as if we, 
we told you this could happen. I don't, I don't like, understand. I mean, I don't want to go on a rant about how I think idiocracy is terrible, but oh no, like, I mean, I'm thinking the whole movie. Yeah, the the whole thrust of idiocracy is that like the wrong people breeded in quotation marks. Like that's the plot of that movie. And that's what destroys the world. What idiocracy never does is it never goes to like the oligarchs that created a structure in which all human beings were held down and forced into these situations of infighting and made everyone think that they were their problem. Like uh, idiocracy never even shows any of the rich people. They almost like pretend they don't exist. And like, it is an oligarchy. It's, 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 yeah. I I, I would like to make a quick point that I was, I was just really (laughs) referring to the, um, the, the change in education and like in the future, how we're going to end up maybe with something that only can be that as an option. Um, I didn't mean to make things so serious, Josh. I apologize <laughs> because I do, don't even know the movie well enough to Touché. have Touché. that conversation. <laughs> now, I keep ending up in... I keep, yeah, keep ending up in conversations where they're like, idiocracy is coming true. And I'm like, slow down, bro. Oh, wait, I didn't know that. I have not had that conversation with anybody (laughs) other than Dustin, like twice and been like, man, you know, seeing something on the news, like, oh, wow. Unbelievable. Um, I'm glad we all dodged that bullet. Did not know Uh, that was a thing. Did not know that was a, uh, also, I I talked to like five people. (laughs) (laughs) Two of them are you guys. Um, so In there. Read the list. <laughs> real quick. We are going to back and forth. Josh, you said you have some honorable mentions. We're just going to mention them. We're not going to give like the reason. Okay. And we, you could say problematic or unproblematic. Because I have a couple that was like, I thought I could put this in and I was wrong. No, I'm straight up with unproblematic. I've got um, roller skating. It's become something I really enjoy. True. If you can find something problematic about it, I don't know what it is. Roller skating to disco music. I'm here for it all day. Mm-hmm. You. Um, oh, so I wanted to say rocks. Uh, but what I meant by that was like just rocks make me happy. And just like rocks you find all around. And some of those might be like gemstones. And some of them might be just like, you know, like igneous rocks and like other little rocks and like lava rocks and stuff. However, um, because of like rock sourcing you can't just say rocks as a thing that's unproblematic because (laughs) humans again right um so i decided not to put that but know that i think the rocks on the side of the road when you look at them if they make you happy that that is not problematic (laughs) i don't want to talk about like blood diamonds i just want to talk about rocks on the side of the road (laughs) (laughs) we all know the wordle I don't particularly enjoy the wordle. It started pretty unproblematic. Maybe it got a little after what the New York Times bought it. But two things that are just like the wordle, but I enjoy far more. Framed.wtf shows you an anonymous frame from a movie. You have to guess the movie. If you get it wrong, it gives you another frame from the same movie. You get five guesses, five pictures to guess the movie. So fun. Different movie every single day. Jennifer and I play it every day. And... Box office game. It's box office ga.me. It gives you a random weekend from history, the top five highest grossing movies from that weekend. And you have to guess all five movies. So fun. Oh my God. So fun. Today was, today was, 
October 15th, 1999. You want to know what the number one movie on October, the weekend of October 15th, Can, can you give us one clue on it? Because oh, we so should know that. What it does is it gives you 200 points and then you spend points for clues. Okay. And so for free, you get the distributor and the amount of money it made that weekend. And then everything you have to spend, everything else you spend points for. So for 40 points, you get the tagline. The tagline is Mischief Mayhem Soap. Oh, it's Fight Club. It's Fight Club. Exactly. Exactly. But if you couldn't get it, like uh, number two, the tagline was murder isn't always a crime. And so if you can't get it off the tagline, which I could because I'm great at this. Wait, game. murder isn't always a crime. Yes. Hmm. I don't know. Then you can spend extra points for the top three actors, the director, or the genre. Uh, actor number one, Ashley Judd. Um, wait, murder isn't always a crime. Ashley Judd, hold on. Is it Kiss the Girls? No, you're so close. Damn it. And I, I, I think Kiss the, the Girls was Angelina Jolie. No, Kiss the Girls no. is Ashley Judd. And oh, Carrie no, Owens. Bone Collector is Angelina Jolie. Does that yes. mean it's Kiss of the Spider Woman or whatever? No, it's, no. Kiss of the Spider Woman is like 86. Uh, no, it is called Double Jeopardy. Oh, uh, 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 right. Because she'd already been convicted of the murder. So this time it wouldn't right. be a crime. Right. It is so fun. Totally unproblematic. Framed and box office game. Highly recommend. Excellent. Are these apps or is this like internet? It's like internet. Actual- yeah, it's like oh. the Wordle. It's a different game every day. Everybody's playing the same one, so you can like share your scores. It's very silly. So it has an app or it doesn't have an app? It, there's not an app. It's, it's just a website. not an app. Just go, just, you got a browser on your phone. Wait, I sure what, do. Wait, hold on, hold on. What is it called again? <laughs> Here, it's called boxofficega.me. Boxofficega.me. There you go. Hey, you want to know what I just did? Framed.wtf. I wrote that into my open Word document and then hit enter as if it was going to take me someplace. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I got going on. Lots of boxes. Oh, fun. Okay. All right. (laughs) Then you can send me your scores. Send them to Jennifer. We can all do it together. Today I got framed one picture. First one. So fast. I don't know what this one is. Oh, I'm going to be terrible at this game. I'm excited. <laughs> oh, wait. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> this is not quality Android. No, we're going to have to cut all this. <laughs> no, what is it? What is it? What is it? <laughs> this, this has got to be Rosebud. It's not, it's not Rosebud, but it's whatever it is. Citizen King. Citizen King. It's not Kane. Citizen King. Damn. Wait, are we all looking at framed? Yeah. She's okay. looking at framed. Yes. Cool. Wait, I need to make it bigger, you guys. Yeah, you can zoom in. I will zoom in sometimes. Even though my computer is like humongous and right in my thing. Do we want to wrap up the episode? Otherwise we can. We can this. totally yeah. wrap up the episode. Yes. You guys, thanks for hanging out with us. This was super fun. I hope that you all <laughs> like some stuff. I hope that you left not feeling like my sister said, yeah, thanks for doing those episodes. Now it's just like everything I love is horrible. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> We've got a good one coming, uh, which I may have said in the last episode, but Josh wasn't there. So this is new for him. Um, Josh, tell us where we can find you on the internet. Uh, gosh, Pornhub. No, um, I'm at, uh, at Josh Burnell, if you're bored. Um, I'm at, at Josh Burnell, if you're nasty. Uh, and then, um, you can find House by the Lake on Tubi. 
and watch it for free. Oh my god, I love Tubi. <laughs> yeah, I think I knew and that. Tubi was like based on your viewing history. We think you might like this movie that you spent five years of your life making. And I was like, well, Tubi. You're, you're not, not wrong. wrong. You're, you're, Damn you it. Have... It's not It's a Wonderful Life either. I don't know what this is. Oh, my gosh. Noodle, where do we find <laughs> you on the internet? <laughs> Noodling around. Mm-hmm. I'm noodling around. That's it. Oh, my God. That's the actual answer. <laughs> to the movie? The movie is noodling around? No, noodling around. I, I was like, are you just being a butthead? But is that oh, your yeah. actual that, that, handle? That's, the actual that's my actual around? handle. Yeah. Yeah. I love that we all say Josh, handle. we are friends on all of the platforms. Yeah, but I've been your friend for so long on all the platforms. I don't actually know what you're logging. That's a fair point. He's new and it's yeah. new. That's it. That's a fair point. Yeah, no, it's noodling around. Wow, Dilling around. And every time somebody like uses that at work, somebody's like, oh, I'm going to noodle on that. I'm like, ah. But nobody knows it's me. <laughs> it's just like that. Just like that. Um, you can find me at uh, uh, candypresents.com. That's candy with an I. I am also Candy Presents on Instagram. We are Chacharone Podcast on Instagram. We are Chacharone Podcast at Gmail. If you would like to email us, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's our email address. Um, let us know in the comments things that you love that are not problematic, that don't give you anxiety or make your stomach churn or make you wonder if there's any point to anything at all. We love you guys. We hope you're doing good. Bye. Bye. Bye.